0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: This is the Body of Christ Church, inviting you to our virtual living room, where we discuss today's issues and how those issues relate to the Holy Scriptures. So sit back, relax, and engage in conversation with us. Good afternoon, and the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. I am Josiah, and welcome to our virtual living room where we examine recent events and other topics as they pertain to the Holy Scriptures. We give all praises to the Most High in Christ, and we give thanks for God's generous mercy, grace, and forgiveness. At this point, I'd like to introduce you to the brothers that are going to join me in the virtual living room today, that are joining me, not going to, but are joining me in the virtual living room today.
0: First off, we have uh, Brother Kabar. Thanks. Shalom, brothers and sisters. Glad to be with you today. All praises to the Most High
2: in Christ. And we have uh, Brother Kazakia.
0: Hey,
2: shalom to all the brothers on the panel, shalom to all the listeners, all praises to the Heavenly Father and His Son, Christ, and I'm definitely appreciative to be able to, to join you all again on the show.
1: And also returning for his third, fourth, fifth time or something like that as a guest panelist, we have Brother Ayan. Hey, everybody. Um, once
3: again, I'm always happy to be back, and I uh, hope we have uh, a wonderful show today.
1: And brother, we we're definitely happy to have you uh, with us today. Especially concerning the topic we have today, um, ran across an article that uh, whose title is "Vatican Looks to Heavens for Signs of Alien Life." And this article, it it, it was I found it on MSNBC, but they had taken it from the Associated Press. It was written by Ariel David uh, back in uh, November 10th of this year. And just want to read uh, one excerpt here. Uh, It reads, 400 years after it locked up Galileo for challenging the view that the earth was the center of the universe, the Vatican has called in experts to study the possibility of extraterrestrial alien life and its implication for the Catholic Church. The questions of life's origins and of whether life exists elsewhere in the universe are very suitable and deserve serious consideration, said the Reverend Jose Gabriel Funes, an astronomer and director of the Vatican Observatory. Now, that excerpt has a ton of implications in it, if you will. One thing it it, it spoke about, it says uh, the the Vatican has called an experts to study the possibility of extraterrestrial alien life, okay, so they're going to study it, but they said, and its implication for the Catholic Church. So it appears that they are really concerned about how this is going to impact the Catholic Church, extraterrestrial alien alien life, okay? The other thing that they are, they are doing is the question of life's origins and whether life exists elsewhere in the universe are very suitable and deserve serious consideration, I, uh, would you agree with them that, uh, you know, this is a very suitable uh, conversation to have, discussion to have, and it deserves serious consideration about life's origins and whether life exists elsewhere in the universe?
3: Well, uh, I'd like to answer that question in two parts. The first part, of course, I'd like to go back to the uh, scriptures. And one scripture that's uh, very important in my mind and constantly sticks out is John chapter 14, verse 6. And it says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. So if we as a people are really seeking towards the uh, the, uh, most highest kingdom, then we instead are going to focus our um, our uh, lives and our attention on what Christ did and how Christ lived His life and what Christ taught. Okay, so instead of looking outside of Christ for 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 our answers, we're going to focus on what the Bible says and what Christ uh, showed us. Now, the second part of that question is when when you examine the the history of the uh, Roman Catholic Church, you will find that they have no uh, issues about changing their doctrine, what they believe, or how they do things in order to get people to come into their church. Okay, they've already um, incorporated uh, um, all kind of idolatry, um, other... uh, Religions into what they believe in, in order to get people to 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 come into their church. So that in itself is not surprising. I think for from their perspective, it's important because they're trying to get bodies into that building.
1: Okay, uh, brother Kabar, you, you hear what Ayun had to say about uh, the church changing its doctrine over time. Now it, it, the article reads here that 400 years uh, after it locked up Galileo for challenging the view that the Earth was the center of the universe, the Vatican called in these experts to discuss these issues. Okay, so now they locked up Galileo for saying that the Earth was not the center of the universe, which was the Church's position at that time, which was a wrong position. Now, isn't it an admirable quality to change your doctrine if you realize that your doctrine is wrong?
0: Okay, <clears throat> the admirable quality of a church claiming to be a church of Jesus Christ, the admirable, admirable quality would be to teach the doctrine of Christ, to focus on the doctrine of Christ. What is the doctrine of Christ? Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the doctrine of Christ. That doctrine that He taught was repentance through Him, through His name and sacrifice, un, unto holiness, meaning repenting from sins, which is the breaking of the commandments, to the keeping of God's commandments and living a godly and and and, and uh, a godly and righteous life through Christ. Now that's what Christ taught. His, his His followers and His disciples, what did they teach? Mark chapter six and verse twelve. This is going into the disciples when Christ sent them the 12 and also when he sent sent the 70 out two by two. It says, Mark chapter 6 and verse 12, and they went out and preached that men should repent. That's what the doctrine of Christ is. That is the focus and the purpose of the church, to be a guiding light, to be the example of how we are supposed to follow Christ. And the doctrine that is supposed to be taught is repentance through Christ. That's the focus. The church is not supposed to be entangling itself with the affairs of this life and in political matters.
1: Okay, Uh, Kazakia. You hear what uh, Kabar is saying, the the purpose is to to, uh, preach repentance and so forth. But now, in the course of of preaching repentance, which you've got to do that, that's an established fact, the other things that are involved in in, in people's lives that may have something to deal with repentance Um, But say, for example, um, I read an article about maybe a year, year and a half ago, there were these people in Texas, and it was like uh, one or two small towns that saw something that they they called a UFO, and it was huge. And I can't remember exactly what the dimensions were, but I think it was probably about 300 yards uh, one way and about a half a mile another way. I mean, this thing is huge and they are calling the Air Force and everybody else trying to find out what's going on, and people are telling them, say, well, you know, the Air Force is just doing some maneuvers, you know, it's just normal stuff. And they're like, no, this is not normal stuff, all right? Now, when things like that happen, doesn't the church have some responsibility to come up with some kind of explanation at least guide the people in some way about these kind of things? And wouldn't studying extraterrestrial life, alien life forms, be one of the things that you, you want to do so you can explain these things rather than giving people, uh,
2: you know, what, what people know is just lies made up by the government. Well, um, two things, two things come to mind. Two things come to mind, excuse me. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heathen are dismayed at them. So now, the Lord is telling you, don't learn the customs of the other nations that are round about you, Israel, one. Two, don't be dismayed, don't be surprised, don't be shocked at what you see in the heavens. Uh, what, can, what this society terms as UFOs, extraterrestrial spaceships, or uh, things of that nature that fall in that category, those are the things that we're not supposed to be dismayed at, okay. Secondly, this is First Peter, chapter two, uh, verse two. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. So now, the church's position, the church's stance, the standard for the church, or what the, the for the foundation that the church should be operating on is repentance, as, uh, as read by the brothers on the, on the panel and talked about by the brothers on the panel before me, Matthew 4 and 17, repentance. That should be the church's official stand. Now, I also would like to read 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Excuse me. Uh, let, let me remain in 1 Corinthians 2 and 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. As newborn babes in Christ, meaning we have repented, we have put all the spiritual, becoming new men and women in the body of Christ, we're supposed to desire the sincere milk of the word, desire knowledge of the commandments, desire knowledge that takes us to salvation, desire knowledge of how to be better men and women in Christ. No need to concern ourselves with what's happening out there in the heavens. What for? will we... appear before the judgment seat of Christ, is Jesus Christ going to ask me or any you or any of the brothers on the panel how many planets are out there in this particular solar system? No. We're going to be judged by what we've done in this body, whether it be good or bad. Finally, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting at verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but unto carnal, even as unto Christ. babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, bear it, neither yet now are you able to bear it. So now what Paul was saying is I'm feeding you with the basics, with the milk, with the fundamentals, with the bare the essentials, which is repentance and keeping the commandments through Christ. That's all I can feed you with because you're not ready to take on the deeper, more profound, more spiritual things that are found in the Scriptures. So let's take this that that example in First Corinthians three and apply it here. We, as a people, we can't get past the true understanding of loving one another, as the Heavenly Father says that we ought to love one another. Also, in Leviticus nineteen, chapter seventeen and verse 18, verses seventeen and eighteen, we can't even get past that. We can't get past not looking lustfully on another man's wife. I'm talking about as a, as a nation of people. So now, if we can't get past those. Fundamental essentials, the, those basics, those foundations. Why are we going to concern ourselves with the existence of other life forms and other universes, so forth and so on? What we should be doing is concentrating first and foremost in repentance and keeping the commandments and earning our salvation through Jesus Christ.
0: And also so another point on that on that same factor about as far as you know the church's focus and it is, is it supposed to be going off into these other areas? Perhaps that's the area for an, an observatory. Perhaps that's an area from, other, from some other secular institution, but not for the church. Christ said in Revelation chapter three and eleven, "Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown." And that thing that we're supposed to be holding fast that Christ gave us is that opportunity through repentance in Him for everlasting life. That's what we're supposed to be holding fast. And that holding fast means to keep carefully and faithfully, okay? Our focus is supposed to be on that. That's how we hold fast. Our direction, our life, our everyday thought is supposed to be on that. That's how we hold fast. Not in these other secular areas that ultimately will not matter as it relates to salvation. Okay. Um,
1: Ayan, I'm going to read another excerpt from the article here, and I want to direct a question to you. Uh, This uh, excerpt reads, Funes, a Jesuit priest, presented the results Tuesday of a five-day conference that gathered astronomers, physicists, biologists, and other experts to discuss the budding field of astrobiology, the study of the origin of life and its existence elsewhere in the cosmos. Funes said that the possibility of alien life raises many philosophical and theological implications but added that the gathering was mainly focused on the scientific perspective and how different disciplines can be used to explore the issue. Okay, now, the Catholic Church is about one billion strong, you know, clearly the largest religious body organization in the world, right? That's a huge amount of responsibility that is – placed on the Vatican, which is the, the 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 center, the headquarters for the Catholic Church, all right? Considering that they have that much responsibility and they do have the resources at their disposal to do a lot of study in a lot of different areas, doesn't it make sense that they will also study these kinds of things since it's something that comes up? Not that they are fully embracing it so much, okay? Because he says here, uh, it raises many philosophical and theological implications. So they're, they're they're raising this up for discussion. They're bringing it out into the open. Okay, doesn't it make sense that they would do this? That they would study these areas also, as well as other areas of history and language and things of that nature.
3: Well, it, um, it will make sense for them to to, uh, to do these things if their focus is not on teaching people how to repair and follow Christ. Um, the thing again with the Catholic Church is their their focus is not on Christ, it's not on repentance, it's not on following and doing what the Bible says. So that's why they have their hands in all these different things, and that's why to them it has these so uh, uh, called implications on everything else. Um, I would like to read Isaiah chapter uh, 47, starting at verse 12. Um, I'm sorry, Isaiah 47 verses uh, 12 and verse 13. Um, These two verses are about how the Babylonians focus or they have so much uh, trust in these people and their sorcerers and and the people that looked up at the stars to give them guidance, right? But in verse 14 is uh, is the uh, big point. I'm going to start at verse 12 again. Then now with thine enchantments and with the multitude of thy sorceries, wherein thou hast laboured from thy youth, if so, if so, be thou shalt. I'm sorry. If so, thou shalt be able to profit. If so, thou, thou, uh, mayest prevail. Excuse me. Verse thirteen. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save thee from these things shall, that shall come upon thee. Behold, thou shalt be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There shall not be a coal uh, to warm at, nor, nor fire to sit before it. So the Most High is telling you, when you put your trust in all these other things besides what the scripture says, you're going to be burnt out with fire. And these stargazers are not going to be able to save you. What you learn from the cosmos is not going to be able to save you. It's not going to teach you how to live justly and righteously. So in turn, we have to focus on, again, what Christ says, how Christ dealt, and how he taught us
1: and showed us how to live our lives. Yeah, okay. May I add
2: a scripture, uh, please, right there, right
1: quick? It, 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 can you can you hold it for just a second, because I want to go back to Ian's earlier statement uh, just sure. now, and and that was regarding the Catholic Church, and you're you're saying that the Catholic Church, uh, and I, I'm probably uh, misremembering this, if I can use that phrase, coin the phrase, <laughs> um, uh, not remembering correctly what you what you uh, said, but um, it was something along the lines that the uh, the Catholic Church. Is they're they're incorrect in their position about things. They're not about repentance. They're not about God. Things along those lines. So am, am I correct uh, uh, that you did say something like that along those lines?
3: Right, right, right. Okay. okay. Because because now, that, uh, those
1: are those are very very strong statements, Ayan. Okay. Because you, you, okay. you're talking about the largest religious organization in the world. Okay, okay, that's ever existed. Okay, in the world that's ever been known. That is a very, very strong statement. Now, how is it that you can qualify that statement? Well, the um,
3: well, Christ told us that you know we have to judge things and people by their works. And but the scripture says, says judge, judge not, that you be not judged. No, well, no, no, that's not. No, that that's talking about unrighteous judgment. It's talking about you don't judge people according to your opinions, your thoughts, and what you think. Because when uh-huh. you do that, then the Most High is going to hold you accountable for that same kind of standard, that same measure. But Christ told us that a good tree brings forth good fruit, and a corrupt tree brings forth corrupt fruit. So we have to look at the things that's done inside the Catholic Church, and then we have to look at that measuring stick, which is Christ and what the Scriptures say. And when you do that, and when you examine what they do. And what they believe and what they teach versus what the Scripture says, you're gonna find out that there's a lot of things wrong. There's a lot of um, uh, idolatry. There's a lot of oaths um, that are being kept, which are totally against the uh, commandments. There, there are countless things that's being done that's wrong and that's incorrect, and that's constantly is it, it is a lot of things because that's what they believe. So they circumvent what the scriptures say because that's their religion and that's what they believe. So that's why I can make the statement that they're not about Christ, that they're not about teaching the people to follow Christ, but they're all about what they believe and 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 how they're going to run things, okay? So that's why I can make that statement because I'm using what the scriptures say as the measuring stick, and that's um, judging um, whether they're just or unjust based on what Christ is.
1: Okay, I, I will go further than that But I'm not going to let Kazaki go ahead And bring out the scripture he wanted to bring out
2: <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is uh, Timothy, uh, chapter 2 2 f- Timothy, I apologize Chapter 2 um, Starting at verse 4 <clears throat> It says, no man that warreth entangleth himself With the affairs of death That he may please him Who have chosen him to be a soldier So now, if we're we're, what we're supposed to be doing is we're supposed to be pleasing the Heavenly Father and Christ because they are the ones that have called us to be soldiers for them. Now, the reason why this scripture comes to mind, brothers, is the fact that if we are if we have been chosen to be soldiers for Jesus Christ and the Heavenly Father above and beyond to be those ambassadors of righteousness, to be those uh, representatives of the Heavenly Father and Christ on this earth, we cannot entangle ourselves with with things such as extraterrestrial existence or what's going on in the heavens what's going on in the cosmos the 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 existence of life outside of this planet earth we can't we can't allow ourselves to be entangled in that okay when we allow ourselves to be entangled in that that takes our focus away from where it's supposed to be which is the heavenly father and Christ and keeping the commandments and repentance and now our focus is being turned towards something that's above and beyond our comprehension right about now. And when that happens, we have committed the sin of, uh, of idolatry. Because the Lord said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And we're, uh, the Heavenly Father is supposed to be our focus and not things other than the Heavenly Father. I'm sorry.
1: It, it, could, you, could you go a little bit further and explain to me, you know, the the idolatry
2: thing? Okay, what I was saying was If anything takes our focus Anything that takes our focus Away from the Heavenly Father and Christ And now mm-hmm. our focus is now Toward that more Than what it's supposed to be in Which is the Heavenly Father and Christ Then that thing has become an idol Now in uh, Exodus chapter 20 uh, to, to get the basis To get the found the foundation Of understanding It says Exodus chapter twenty, starting at verse three: Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. So now, basically, what I'm getting at is the fact that the heavenly Father is a jealous is a jealous power. He's a jealous guy. He's a jealous being. And anything that takes us takes our focus takes our concentration away from focusing and following the commandments through the example of Jesus Christ that becomes an idol so as far as this is concerned right here with uh with the uh, the existence of extraterrestrial so forth and so on be careful if you choose to study this thing and now you find yourself being consumed by it then that has made you have made that or that has become an idol Which the Lord says we're not supposed to commit idolatry. Okay, all right. Pretty uh, pretty clear
1: on it now. I appreciate that. Uh, Kabar, I got a question for you. And I I keep saying, you know, keep pointing out that the Roman Catholic Church is about a billion strong, largest religious organization, Christian organization, whatever you want to call it, on the face of the earth in in, in history, the largest known in history. it doesn't size matter in this instance? It doesn't 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 it make a difference? I mean, a billion people can a billion people be following the wrong thing? Uh, you know, doesn't the scriptures support that? Uh, you know, if you it's you know we talk about democracy and things like that. You know, and when you go to vote, the majority rules. Isn't this another situation where you know if you got enough people that are supporting the same thing, this has got to be right, right?
0: no uh absolutely wrong because um in all actuality the the church um was not actually gonna be growing in that kind of way. you going to uh thessalonians um, uh, uh second thessalonians two and three um because we the, the Paul had already gone into the certain things that will be occurring after his death. And I think that's in Romans brothers, right? It's in Romans. What are you um, referring to? Well, when, 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 uh, Paul basically gathered the church together, well, you know, certain the church leaders together and, uh, basically was letting them know what was going to be happening after his death. Um, here we go, Acts, Acts chapter 2, no, sorry, Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, it tells you. This is what Paul was letting the, the elders know what will happen after his death and, and things to come. And, he, and this is why he warned them, Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone day and night with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. So, Paul already knew that after his death, grievous woes would come in, damnable heresies would come in. And when he speaks about it in Thessalonians, um, the Second Thessalonians 2 and 3, it tells you, let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, meaning the, the return of Christ shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So that falling away is going into what Paul was speaking about here, when no damnable heresies will come in, when men not sparing the flock, only thinking about filthy lucre and, and unjust gain, will come and make merchandise of the people, and basically the sheep being scattered. It was going to be this great gathering. It was going to be a scattering that was going to happen. But the ones who hold fast to Christ will endure to the end, and those same ones will be saved. So, this billion strong all over the world gathering all nations together, like the Roman Catholic Church is doing, that has nothing to do with the doctrine and the purpose of the Most High Christ. The Roman Catholic Church is not the Church of God, is not directed by Christ, does not have His Spirit, period.
1: Anybody else got a comment on uh, the size of the uh, Catholic Church or, you know, Baptist Church or anything like that? Because, I mean, uh, you, when you, when you go to uh, Christianity, Christianity is the largest religion, you know, outside of, you know, just being the Catholic Church, but Christianity, period, is the largest religion, you know. And then following that, I guess you would probably have Islam and then maybe uh, Buddhism or Hinduism or something like that. And then somewhere down there you get uh, Judaism, I think. I think that's probably about the right um, uh, list of priorities. Um, anybody else have any comments on the, the the size of this organization and what that means as for us uh, being right in the scriptures? Well, um, let's I let's look that. at
2: it from this particular perspective. Um, you know, uh, you, you you've made the mention that uh, that the Catholic Church and its members are some billion strong. Okay, true as it may be. The Lord, God Almighty, is not concerned with numbers. If you go back and read the story of of Noah and 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 the ark, there were billions of people upon the earth at the time when the floods came. But how many people survived of those billions of people? How many people survived the flood? Those rains that came upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and then once the rains were over, it wasn't like the waters just basically uh, receded right away. So how many people uh, survived to that? It wasn't billions, it was only eight. So the point of this particular comment is this. The Heavenly Father is not concerned with numbers, how many billions strong, how many millions strong, how many thousands strong, or how many hundreds strong. The Most, the most High is more concerned with those who repent and keep his commandments and follow the example of his son Jesus Christ. And not only
0: that, not only that, Christ said, in Matthew chapter 22, and verse 14, it tells you, for many are called, but few are chosen. So it goes to show you that this great multitude that the Roman Catholic Church is heaping up, is not for salvation. It is for the strengthening of that institution alone. But the, the great majority of them, because they are not being taught, like Christ said, if you would enter to life, keep the commandments, because they are not being taught that, and in fact the Roman Catholic Church says, basically that the commandments are done away with, and that's not something that we have to keep nowadays. That is their doctrine. Because that is being taught, the great majority, like Christ said, that great majority will not receive uh, eternal life. Okay.
1: All right, brothers,
0: uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to
1: break for the announcement, and when we come back we're going to talk a uh, little bit more about the Uh, the Catholic Church's position on uh, creationism and intelligent design. Brothers and sisters, at this time, please accept our invitation to visit us in the virtual living room to discuss today's topic. Comments or questions are eagerly encouraged, whether they agree or disagree with the viewpoints expressed by those involved in the program to visit us in the virtual living room please call 646-716-7749 also you can visit our website at com, or you can email us at bodyofchrist at ureach is the letter U followed by the word REACH. So that's bodyofchrist at youreach.com. or call us at 1-877-871-1712. This program is broadcast live each Sunday at 2 p.m. Remember to visit us right now in the virtual living room by calling 646-716-7749. Now, back to today's show. All right, brothers and sisters, welcome back to the program. Today we are talking about the uh, Catholic Church, an article uh, that was written about the Catholic Church's Uh, position and research into astrobiology, which is basically studying the origin of life and life uh, in places outside of planet Earth. Um, There's another excerpt in this article that has to deal with uh, creationism and intelligent design. And brothers, y'all help me out a little bit here if I'm off base. But uh, creationism, uh, from my understanding and recollection, is uh, basically just believing that God created the earth and everything in seven days, okay? And intelligent design is not necessarily saying that uh, it was God, but it was some intelligent being that put into motion all of these things by design so that these things happen over time, okay, all the life, everything that does exist. Am, Am I pretty much on point there?
0: For the most part. Intelligence is not okay. going mostly mostly into that. It, it's not uh, any specific particular uh, entity, but that through the study of uh, uh, of the things that we see or created, you know, material universe that you can see when you begin to look at it on a um, on a, either a molecular level or otherwise, that it, it was designed with some measure of intelligence, and it couldn't have been random at all. Okay. Okay. All
1: right, thanks for, thanks for uh, bringing that out. Uh, let me go ahead and read this uh, other excerpt here. I read, uh, the Roman Catholic Church's relationship with science has come a long way since Galileo was tried as an heretic in 1633 and forced to recant his findings that the earth revolves around the sun. Church teaching at the time placed earth at the center of the universe. Today, top clergy, including, including Funes, Openly endorse scientific ideas like the Big Bang Theory as a reasonable explanation for the creation of the universe. The theory says the universe began billions of years ago in the explosion of a single super dense point that contained all matter. Earlier this year, the Vatican also sponsored a conference on evolution to mark the 150th anniversary of Charles Darwin's The Origin of Species. The events snubbed proponents of alternative theories like creationism and intelligent design, which see a higher being rather than the undirected process of natural selection behind the evolution of species. All right, so now we have the Catholic Church back in the 1600s, basically involved in science. But obviously they were wrong because they were saying that the earth was the center of the universe. And Galileo and uh, other scientists, our science has since proven that uh, the earth is not at the center of the universe. Okay? So wouldn't it, you know, so the church has the right position on it or any, anybody, religious or otherwise. Doesn't it make sense to pay attention to what science is saying about things so that you don't find yourself incorrect and, and end up penalizing someone for speaking something that is correct?
0: I have to say I have to I have to say no because I just and, um one of the things I if brothers will permit me to I just want to go into you know to look at the actual leadership of this organization now you have to understand this fumes who is the director of the observatory and who's putting together all of these um all of these you, you know the conferences and things together when you go back into the article in the second paragraph it tells you Foon's a Jesuit priest, okay, and, and you gotta understand, a Roman Catholic order is made up of, of what you call these Jesuit p- priests. You go into uh, 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 dictionary.com and you look up that word Jesuit. It tells you a member of a Roman Catholic religious order. It was started, it was called originally called the Society of Jesus, founded by Ignatius of Loyola in 1534. Okay, so it's an old organization. Now another another definition given about it, and, and you'll see this later on as, as brothers let me develop this, it tells you it's a crafty, intriguing, or equivocating person. Also, the third definition tells you it says one given to subtle causatory. Now that word equivocating means to use ambiguous or unclear expressions, usually to avoid commitment or in order to mislead. also says to avoid making an explicit statement because you got to understand that this is a Roman Catholic Church as we follow in Christ, but they're saying, well, we got to, you know, Big Bang could be a reasonable uh, a theory for creation, so on and so forth. So you see how those two, two things uh, are kind of are directly uh, contradicting one another. They're not taking a a, a, a direct, explicit stance, which is exactly what, what this thing is describing about them. Also, when it tells you about that one given to tree, when you look up that word causality, you'll see this, in, in the personality of this organization, causatory means uh, suspicious, deceptive, or over subtle reasoning, especially in questions of morality. Fallacious or dishonest application of general principles, sophistry, and sophistry is just um, basically basically going right back into that equivocating person, how they don't take a, a direct, clear stance. Now, Big Bang, he explains that Big Bang is a theory that can explain how things were created, right? When you go into that later on think, later on the paragraph, it says Big Bang uh, Theory has a reasonable explanation for the creation of the universe. And he used that word creation, meaning there could have been a God, but he could have chose to create it this way. That's not what the Big Bang Theory is. Go into Wikipedia and you read about Big Bang. Big Bang, it tells you it was uh, first posited by a person named Georges Lemaitre, Proposed what became known as the Big Bang Theory of the origin of the universe. See, this guy says it's the creation of it, and the Big Bang is actually explaining the origin of the universe. And when you say Big Bang is the origin of the universe, meaning there was no creator, this is this is basically how it began. It was all random without a creator. Where this guy Funes is trying to say, well, it could have been created that way by a creator. So that's two different things, and it's the way he's he's basically. Being subtle about how he's introducing things, which is going into the direct personality of these Jesuit-type priests, is basically going into deception, and that's why you have to be really careful about the things that he is saying and and uh and trying to explain because it's, it has a lot to do with Satanism and deception and basically controlling the minds of the people.
1: Okay,
0: so uh, Ayan,
1: you you like I said before, you had some really strong things to say about the, uh, the the Catholic Church, and, um, you know, when it comes down to, you know, uh, the Big Bang Theory and the Theory of Evolution and things like that, it's your position, and I just want to make sure that I'm correct on this, that the reason why they're doing these things is simply uh, to gain more members Um so that there are people out there who don't believe in creationism and intelligent design, but they believe in the big bang theory and evolution. So your position is that uh, they're trying to gain those people as members also? Well, um,
3: ultimately, when we look at what the uh, scripture says, it tells you that the whole world lies in wickedness and that Satan is the prince of the power of the air, meaning this is as as of right now. This kingdom, it is His to 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 uh, govern and to give power and uh, to whoever He sees fit. So when we look at the world and we look at who is run by and who is, and who is in power, you have to understand that these people are in direct opposition to the Most High Christ. Now whether their motives are to gain more people which i think is one of them but ultimately the i think the big picture and the and the big motive when we look at what the scripture says is to actively deceive people and to draw individuals away from the true
1: light which is the most high which is his son christ
3: um but you know
1: you know the thing I'm thinking about now. You know if, if yeah. what you're saying is 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 true. I mean, if it's even like halfway true, okay. okay. That their motive <laughs> is
2: to 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 gain members.
1: All right. Okay. So they, they're going to pull in people that believe in one one set of people believe in the Big Bang theory. Another okay. set of people believes in um, 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 evolution. Someone else okay. believes in creationism, which comes okay. from the Bible, which they have the Bible in the Catholic Church. Okay, and another set of people believe in intelligent design. Okay, now that's causing a whole lot of confusion in the church. So why would they bring all those different entities in just to cause confusion? They wouldn't do anything like that. Well, let that me make sense. Um,
3: let me uh, let me read the scripture what I just kind of um, alluded to is First John chapter five verse nineteen, and it says. And we know that we are that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come and and hath given us an understanding. And I'm sorry that we may know Him. I'm sorry that we may know Him that is true, and we are in Him that is true, even in His Son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and, and eternal life. So again. It doesn't, we have to, it, this world is very deceptive and it's very tricky and it's very crafty. And if we're not constantly guiding ourselves and doing things according, what, according to what the scripture says, you will be deceived or you are deceived right now. And the scriptures tell you that the whole world lies in wickedness. And it's important to keep that in mind. So if the whole world is in wickedness, Where's their righteousness, and it and that is in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ okay go ahead
2: yeah. add to that right there because you you touched upon something really important I don't know whether you're conscious of it or not, but you got you know within the uh the Catholic Church is basically you know inviting or trying to bring in persons. Some believe in the big bang theory. Some believe in uh, cre- creationism. And you, and you know, just paraphrasing what you said, sir. And at the bottom, the base of it all, or the root of it all, you said that that, can, that causes a bunch of confusion, right? Exactly. You know, and
1: and why would anyone? I, I mean, you can you can have confusion that takes place, but you wouldn't do that intentionally. And I mean, you, you got a billion people. You got this strong organization. Uh, I mean, they've been studying things for centuries now. You know, so why would they bring on these new principles that they did not embrace before? Start embracing them now, when that's going to cause confusion, unless there's something that's actually
2: right and good about it. Because of the because of the fact that, if you don't mind my saying it this way and being this blunt, because of the fact that, God is not in the Catholic Church. And uh, you said the word confusion, so now let's look at confusion in reference to the scriptures, 1 Corinthians 14 and 33. But God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. So now if you've got this quote-unquote group organization entity called the church that's bringing in all these different doctrines, that causes confusion which you will not find the spirit of the Lord in. So now let's look at this right quick. What, what what else do you have in the church, the Catholic Church, in any, any church? Period. Let's look at it. You got idols in the church. You got fornication in the church. You got homosexuality in the church. You got doctors of adults in the church. And one thing that's in the, that's not in the church, which should be in the church, is repentance in Christ. That's not in the church. So now at this particular point in gesture for the the church, Roman Catholic, Baptist. Pentecostal, Seventh-day Adventist, whatever, for the church to truly operate in the full understanding as a church, it has to teach Christ. Now, all these things that have come from the Catholic Church over the years, why hasn't true repentance been taught and broadcasted from the Catholic Church? That's a, that's a, that's a hell of a good question, a question that I cannot I cannot really answer, but it's something definitely worth thinking about you got this here brand-new theory. I won't say brand-new, but you got this theory being proposed, being propagated by the church about astrobiology, so forth and so on. Wait a minute. What about repentance? What about putting off the, uh, the, the lusts of the flesh and putting on the, the, the fruits of the spirit? What about becoming more and more Christ-like? What about men dealing with their wives and families as the scriptures say to do so? What about women dealing with their husbands and their families the way the scriptures say to do so? How come these aren't being put out uh, or broadcasted or being proposed to the masses by the, uh, by the Catholic Church? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Kabar, we don't want to leave any stones
1: unturned here. And you heard what Ayan had to say about a rich scripture about how the whole world lies in wickedness. The whole world, which yep. the Catholic Church, the Baptist Church, Hindus, Muslims, pagans, whatever you want to call them, everybody is living in the world. If that is the case, who in the world is going to be saved? You know,
0: if the whole world lies in wickedness. Help me out with that. Well, this is the thing, because we have to understand, and I'm going to get exactly to your point, but you have listeners listening to this, a great many, maybe Roman Catholic, you know, devout, uh, so on and so forth. Listen to what the top leadership of the Roman Catholic Church is saying, so we can get so we can get into what we what's going to actually lead us to salvation. It says right back into that article it says today, top clergy, including Funes, openly endorses scientific ideas like the Big Bang theory as a reasonable explanation for the creation of the universe. Now. They say they believe in God, they say they believe in the Bible. Now let's look at the direct contradiction. Genesis chapter one, verse one. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Where do you get big bang out of that? Psalms chapter ninety six and verse five. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Where do you get the big bang out of that? First John one and one down to three. in the beginning was the word and the Word was with God and the word and the Word was God and the Word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. verse three is the point. All things were created was made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Can, can you start to see the direct contradiction? Can you start to see that these people actually are not basing their doctrine, their beliefs, their faith on what the scriptures actually say? If you follow them, like the scripture says, a of fool shall be destroyed. If you follow them, you're going to be destroyed because you can clearly see that the things that they hold as a foundation and truth is not scriptural. Now, then who do you follow? Do we, who do you who do you follow? Okay, who do you follow? You know, you're saying that you, you
1: can't follow the Catholic Church or anybody that's involved in evolution, big bang theory.
0: Who do you follow? Who do you follow? John chapter 14, verse six, this is who you follow. Everyone will come to this. But if you're listening to this radio show, this is who you follow. John chapter 14, verse six, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the father, but by me. Christ is who you follow. Okay. Now, but they the infamous, teach Christ is, in, 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 in the Catholic church. Absolutely not. We just read that they, uh, they they hold positions directly contradicting the scriptures. He, he's not there. Um, Will you go into where you go into uh, Isaiah chapter eight and verse twenty? Because we just Roman Catholic Church says, well, the big bang is possible theory. How everything was created? Scripture says God made the heavens and the earth. What do you do? How do you filter information? Whatever anybody says. This is how you filter all of your information. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. And because the majority of the world do not speak according to the law and the testimony, that's how you know that the majority of the world lieth in wickedness. And the only select few, the only, uh, we're talking about the remnant, a small portion of it's going to be saved are the ones who are actually going to follow Christ, repent from their sins, and keep
2: God's commandments unto the end. I need to comment on that if I could. Please do. I was about to ask you to comment on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, need, I, need, I need to comment on that if I could because right about now the brother the, the brother says something very profound, very blunt, very to the point. So now let's, let's get it more profound, more blunt, more to the point from Christ's mouth himself. Now when you read Matthew, because you asked the question, brother, you ask the question, well, with with all this, the billion strong, and if these things are going on, but if these things are wrong, or if these things are contradictory to the scriptures, who's going to be saved? So now, Matthew chapter ten <clears throat> and verse twenty-two, it says, "And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake." Meaning, those who repent and and put on Christ are examples of Christ. They're going to be hated. They're going to be they're not going to be treated, they're not going to be welcome or well treated or welcome wherever they go because they are and followers of Christ and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. So now that person who endures to the end in Christ they will be saved. Now for further clarification, this is Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 18. We're still dealing with the subject of, the subject of being saved. For so now, Proverbs 28, verse 18, it says, Whoso walketh uprightly shall be saved, but he that is perverse in his ways shall fall at once. So that man or that woman that walks uprightly, meaning in the spirit of Christ, according to his example, they'll be saved. It doesn't matter if they die. In the resurrection, they'll still be saved. But that person who does not walk uprightly in Christ and endure to the end, they will fall immediately. They, they, they will fall. There, there will be judgment. There will be punishment. There will be condemnation for not following Christ. So who will be saved? Those who repent and follow the example of Jesus Christ. I guess panelists I want to
1: direct the question to <laughs> um, how can you identify these people that um, Kabar and Kazak just brought out, you know, the ones who are actually doing what they're supposed to do, uh, these few individuals on the face of the earth that is composed of billions and billions of people right now? How do you identify them? You know, what do they look like? You know, are they white, black, tall, short? How do you go about identifying them?
2: Uh, 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 Christ gave us some clues about that, too. It's, uh, he said in Matthew seven and verse seventeen, ye shall know them by their fruits, meaning their works, their actions. So verse seventeen, even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, good fruit. Excuse me, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. So now it it it, it boils down to the actions of the person. If their actions, if their deeds are in line with the example of Christ. That's how you know that that person is trying to follow Jesus Christ. On the contrary, if their actions and their deeds are not in not in line with the uh, example of Jesus Christ in the scriptures, then that's how you know that that person is not of Christ. Okay, so you have to you have to
1: understand the scriptures first. So now, if you're a person that you don't have any understanding and you're trying to find them, how do you go about doing that? Do you have have to read the entire Bible first and understand the Bible in order to identify them? Is there anything that you can look at that you can determine?
2: How how do you go about doing that, being a newbie? Being a newbie, start first and foremost with repentance. Get into the scriptures, read the scriptures, read about Christ. Then bit by bit as you learn the commandments and you learn Jesus Christ, Apply what you learn, because the scriptures also tell you in Psalms 110 and verse 11, a good understanding have all they that do his commandments. So your understanding begins with repentance and increases over time with you applying the example of Jesus Christ in your life through studying the scriptures and through application of the scriptures. Okay, so that that indicates then that you cannot make the determination
1: on day one. You have to actually study, understand, and apply first. Yes. Study, understand, okay. and apply Christ. All right, brothers. Well, that concludes today's program. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, and a special thanks to the panelists and especially guest panelists today. And uh, to next time, the Most High. In the name of Christ bless you all. Shalom. 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 Brothers and sisters, thank you for visiting with us in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. You can visit our website at T-H-E-B-O-C-C dot com. Or you can email us at BodyUpChrist at or call us at 877-871-1712. Until our next visit, the Most High in the name of Christ. Bless you. Shalom.